turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And there is the drum roll. Welcome to the Randy Corcoran program. And guess what? It is Matt Dunn, good friend of Randy's, in to be carrying the torch as, yes, we continue to keep Randy and his family in our prayers. We all know the situation there has lost his soulmate. His wife has passed away. And Randy needs to take the the right amount of time before he comes back into the airwaves. And, of course, um, my bias is is it's too important of a time to have Randy on the sidelines for for very long. But um, you got to take... You got to take plenty of time in these kind of a situations, and our thoughts, our thoughts, our hearts are with Randy right now, as we know. And I'm going to just keep keep doing everything I can on the airwaves. I'll be back uh, tomorrow night, Sunday, four to seven p.m. Backbone Radio, where I normally reside, and we've got it all. Oh man, talk about. One of these shows that just writes itself. <laughs> I mean, where to even begin? You're ideally going to have to stay tuned with us here for three solid hours and then three more tomorrow so we can get it all in. And hope everybody had a great July 4th. And Blake, were you were you out and about on the 4th? Were you doing fun things? Uh, yeah, I had some bad news on the, on the 4th, unfortunately. Okay, okay, well... I'll uh, I'll be asking asking you about that, and thoughts are with you as well, sir Blake. And I managed to uh, get up to the mountains, spent several days up there. I climbed a couple of thirteeners, one of them with the kids and the wife, and the other one uh, just my solo self got up there and just kept on climbing. And I like to think I think my best thoughts above timberline, where there's no trees around, no screens, reality is not mediated for us, manicured for us, curated for us by any kind of a screen. It's direct experience, direct reality at high altitude. And, you know, you get up there and you you check your pulse ox. You know, you got the thing on your watch that checks your pulse ox. And you're like, how am I going to be doing it? 13,000 feet. And luckily, uh, hanging right in there, doing pretty, doing pretty well. Managed to ring in a 97 at uh, at 13,000 feet and talked to some folks that were trying to get up this peak that were um, from out of town, a lot lower altitude, and they were complaining of dizziness and like numbness and tingling in their extremities and all that. And we Colorado people have a little bit of an advantage when we try to get to higher altitude and that we're already at 5,500, 5,600, or if you're a Denverite, in the Denver in Decay altitude, 5280, as we all know. But looking forward to the 250th anniversary of 1776, which President 47 Donald Trump, our next president, says he's looking forward 
to having a year-long celebration of the 250th in his next term in office. And yeah, let's start cutting to the chase on some, some political matters. We'll have to get to cocaine in the White House. Yeah, you've been hearing all about that this week. Cocaine found in the White House. The story has changed on this multiple times. Yeah, how many times have they changed the story? The White House has changed the story. And apparently now the Secret Service or the law enforcement involved here is saying that, oh, we'll probably never find the person that was the owner of the bag of cocaine found in the White House. Most secure building in the world. And there's no way, no way, it's just, there's just no way it could ever be discovered. Who brought the bag of cocaine into the White House? You see how this works, right? I mean, there's just no, it's just too hard. There's no way that whatever the leftists name, whatever the Biden's specific name was that had this, you know, cocaine in the White House, it's... You see, you just, you know, some, you, you can track down every grandmother that was at the January 6th protest. You can track down every single grandma who set foot anywhere near the January 6th protest. But, oh, inside the White House itself, you can't find this stuff. You have to understand that it is a left-wing prerogative that you can do whatever the heck you want. You can bring in a bag of whatever you want in the White House. You can get bribed by China, Ukraine. You can extort <laughs> extort people all around the world to get millions into your own bank account if you're a leftist, if you're a Biden. But, uh, you know, if you're a grandmother who is having trust issues with the election back in 2020, yeah, well, they'll, they'll track you down in Arkansas. Yes, they will. We'll we'll be covering some of that. And by the way, Tucker Carlson was interviewed by Russell Brand, brought in a few clips of that, and that Tucker Carlson was talking a lot. Says he loves Trump, by the way. I love Trump, says Tucker Carlson. I don't know. VP? VP Tucker? What do you think? Do you think that'd be a good vice president? Definitely not DeSantis, plunging, flailing in the polls, DeSantis, phony, rhino establishment GOP guy DeSantis. Thank goodness he showed his colors so early. We could have been saddled with another another Pence-like situation. You know what I'm saying? We could have had another VP Pence, but with the name of DeSantis. Thank goodness he showed his true colors. Look at who his donors are. Yeah, we'll we'll do some blasting of DeSantis during this program. Kind of one of my new favorite things to do. Incredibly disappointed with DeSantis, am I personally. Thought we had this big MAGA ally guy down in Florida. Turns out that was all fake. Man, that's why he's plunging in the polls. People have figured him out. And by the way, Casey DeSantis, the wife of Ron DeSantis, is being trotted out a great deal, I believe, on her own initiative. Seems like a very ambitious individual, nothing wrong with ambition. But she's doing a lot of campaign events now, apparently on her own. And somehow the handlers and the advisors and 
you know, the establishment consultant types that run the whole DeSantis scam. Yeah, they, they think that somehow Casey DeSantis really, really catches on with people and has a lot more spark and pizzazz than be sometimes glum and unexciting and sort of flatlining DeSantis, Ron DeSantis himself happens to do. And I listened to this clip of Casey DeSantis talking about her small children. And, boy, without even, like, pausing to take a breath, for five minutes, she went on and on and on about her young children, three of them, which is wonderful. I'm pro-children. And talking about how cute they are and how mischievous they are. And she went on and on and on. And I was just struck by by the tone of her voice and by the way she went on and on about her kids. And I just kind of think it's phony, you know. It's, it's, it's a little bit exploitative of her own children to constantly talk, talk, talk about your kids on the campaign trail in order to somehow try to identify or, you know, create some kind of an affinity with Republican primary voters. And that, you know, I've got four little kids and Spend a lot of time with families and mothers and dads and who have a bunch of little kids of their own every day, basically. You know, we're with families with a lot of little kids. Some days all day long, weekends for sure. And I just have to say, I don't hear people talk like that about their kids. It's just not like that. And I will, it's just oddly self-absorbed to hear Casey DeSantis. And of course, I have turned sour on the DeSantis non-juggernaut, but still, you, you, you know out there, you know, you, you moms and dads with a bunch of little kids, hang out with other parents with little kids, you don't talk about your kids like so obsessively uh, without taking a breath the way Casey DeSantis does. I, I might do a little something on that because that frankly, kind of got under my skin a little bit. And I, I just don't think Casey DeSantis is going to be helping the DeSantis numbers that are tanking going straight south. The more people learn what the reality of a DeSantis candidacy means. Uh-huh. Did you see this, by the way, that the Biden administration is authorizing sending cluster bombs, cluster munitions to Ukraine? Man, that cluster bombs are considered a war crime. The use of them is considered a war crime. And apparently the Ukrainian counteroffensive, of course, as we as we said, was not going to work around here at 710 KNUS, apparently is not working at all. And the CIA and the State Department, which have essentially occupied Ukraine these past uh, since 2014, that's about nine years, enriching a lot of the American ruling class along the way. They, um, they're really trying to amp up this, this puppet war we're having. They really seem just hell-bent on getting World War III going. Lindsey Graham, too. Lindsey Graham keeps coming out with these statements about, uh, hmm, we must have Ukraine as a member of NATO. We must have that. And that's just a guaranteed World War III scenario there if you try and do that. So Lindsey Graham, good old Lindsey, 
Last seen last week, he went to a Trump rally in Pickens, South Carolina, which was attended by the police chief in South Carolina. Pickens, South Carolina, said there was at least 50,000 people at the Trump rally. Insane, gigantic, monstrous, loving America first crowds. MAGA's where it's at, the voters know. And Lindsey gets up on stage, gets booed off the stage. He stayed on the stage, but he shouldn't have. And that's his, like, where he was born. Lindsey Graham was born right there near Pickens. Pickens, South Carolina. And the crowd kept booing him and booing him, and he could hardly even get started speaking, Lindsey Graham, in his own hometown, right where he was born. They boo him. (laughs) But... Lindsay is still focused and undeterred in his efforts to get World War III started. So good job, Lindsay. I'm glad you are still on the case. And by the way, Tucker Carlson was saying that he may have been fired from Fox News because he was a critic of the Ukraine war and of the potential for World War III. He's a critic of that. You go up against the military-industrial complex and their strange passion for war, more war, bigger war, World War III, you name it. Man, it's, you know, they don't like that. And they, uh, they'll try and fire you, says Tucker. We'll go through that a little bit. By the way, speaking of Tucker, Tucker said he interviewed the chief of the Capitol Police. In a, it's an unaired interview. They fired him before they could air that interview. A guy named Stephen Sund, S-U-N-D, who was the head of the Capitol Police around the January 6th time frame. The January 6th time frame. And apparently Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund said that crowd was full of feds. Full of federal agents. Hmm. And Tucker Carlson says, man, you can just tell that the mainstream media, Democrat left-wing propaganda line, and by the way, the rhino Republican line on January 6th has been a big pack of lies. Tucker laid that out. And yeah, how come Stephen's son never was asked to testify before Liz Cheney and Adam Schiff's January 6th commission, huh? Stephen Sun wants to know why. He even asked that question himself. We will be getting to that. We've covered January 6th. Randy Corcoran has covered January 6th issues in a most bracing fashion over these past couple of years. Soul Brothers. Soul Brothers. And by, <laughs> do you see a Ben and Jerry, the ice cream? Who likes Ben and Jerry's ice cream? I didn't see any hands get raised. Of course, I'm sitting here in a studio, unable to see the throngs tuning in to the Randy Corcoran program this evening, hosted by Matt Dunn of Backbone Radio. But uh, Ben and Jerry, you know, peace, love, and ice cream, big-time left-wingers, pride themselves on how much they care. <laughs> they, they care, man. Nobody cares more than Ben and Jerry, nobody. But they put out a tweet 
a message, a statement on July 4th saying that, you know, the United States needs to return stolen land to the Native American population. And we need to start with Mount Rushmore, according to Ben and Jerry. Need to get that returned um, to the Native Americans, the stolen land. But then apparently a Native American chief in the Vermont area has come forward and said, oh, you know, that's good that Ben and Jerry are having these thoughts and these revelations. It's good that they're so caring because the Ben and Jerry's headquarters building is on stolen land that was stolen from this Native American chief's tribe some time ago. So should Ben and Jerry uh, hand over their headquarters and set up shop somewhere else on non-stolen land? Oh, that's, you know, those are the stories that they're a little too easy, but you have to know about them and you have to, you know, you, you, you just have to love, you know, when the hypocrites come out and Ben and Jerry are making millions upon millions upon millions by claiming to be the most caring leftists on the planet. And, um, oh, do they really care that much? Do they care enough to give up their headquarters? We will find out. We will find out. We'll be watching Ben and Jerry very closely. And, um, no, I don't eat much Ben and Jerry ice cream. I think I've tried it once, maybe twice, when I was in a tight spot somewhere and kids needed ice cream. I think we were on the East Coast. And, you know, what are you going to do, tell the kids no? <laughs> Next time I will. Sorry, kids. Not from Ben and Jerry. Not their ice cream. Sorry, kids. Just going to have to starve a little while longer at any rate. Boy, I just barely barely skipped the surface of what we've got to be going through. And the text the studio or flying in, I'll be responding as able here as the program goes on. And, uh, yes, it's Matt Dunn. I'm in for Randy Corcoran, the great Blake Gallagher behind the glass. Let's take this break, number one, and we'll be right back in a flash. Always hard to interrupt that guitar riff from Ronnie Wood. Yeah, we played it not too long ago, did we not? Matt Dunn in for Randy Corcoran this evening. We run from 5 to 8 p.m. Mountain Time right here on 710 KNUS Salem, Denver. Best talk in town. Bar none. You have any thoughts? 303-696-1971. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> oh, yeah. The texts are flying in about Ben and Jerry. The Ben and Jerry backlash. And we'll get to that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just see what people think about that. And I don't know. The cocaine in the White House. <laughs> I guess... Uh, Last Sunday, apparently a bag of cocaine found in the White House, and it prompted an immediate White House evacuation. They had to evacuate the White House. Everybody out! Out! We have an unidentified bag of white powder in the White House, in the Biden Democrat left-wing White House. So they all had to clear out, and then they, uh, then the stories started shifting. They would really like this story to go away, wouldn't they? Although, 
as I keep advising individuals, the deep state, the leftist deep state, rhino deep state, has put out the word that uh, they don't want Biden running in 2024. This is my take. And so they're going to be dropping stuff. And uh, so we're going to learn stuff about Biden bribery and we're going to learn more about Hunter. And now we got a bag of cocaine in the White House. And But just so you get a bit of the chronology here, <laughs> it started out, they, uh, it was unidentified substance. Yeah. And then, then they start saying, well, it's cocaine hydrochloride. They weren't calling it cocaine. They were saying it was something with a little bit uh, more like syllables attached. Cocaine hydrochloride, which is trying to get people to think it's not just cocaine, but it was some something slightly other than cocaine. Okay, and then pretty soon they started dropping the hydrochloride aspect of what they first found. And then they said, well... It was in a work area. It was found in a work area of the White House, a heavily traveled area of the White House. Could have been anyone. Heavily traveled. Gosh, I mean, just thousands upon thousands of people travel through this heavily traveled work area of the White House, right? <laughs> oh, they're so pathetic. And then, um, oh, they changed that. It, well, it wasn't a work area. It was actually near the Situation Room of the White House, which is a much more restricted area. Like, basically nobody gets in there. Oh, the Situation Room, cocaine. I don't know, cocaine in the Situation Room? Would that make the insane Biden policies destroying this country, putting America last? Would it? Would it make more sense if we just figured... The entire situation room is high on cocaine hydrochloride when they make policy. That that might make more sense. So it's by the situation room. And then, uh, then they come out with this story, KJP. Yes, the texts are coming in on that. Catherine Jean-Pierre, the spokesperson for the... By the way, yes... Um, let's, should we play it? Let, let, let's, let's have some background music. Eric Clapton, written by J.J. Kale. Go ahead and press that button. Or should I press it myself? Yeah. There we go. All right, text the studio, alert listener. You asked for this song. Let's play this in the background as we get to the bottom of this. Notice the song is called Cocaine, not Cocaine Hydrochloride. By the way, I always thought Eric Clapton wrote this song, and it was only a mere six, eight weeks ago I learned that, no, J.J. Kale wrote this song. J.J. Kale, who's a big friend of, was a big friend of Eric Clapton's before he passed on. By the way, did you know that when J.J. Kale passed away, Eric Clapton called up the widow of J.J. Kale and said, hey, would you mind if we did a tribute album to your dearly departed husband? bring in some friends, and they, they did it. They, they did this great tribute album to J.J. Kale as one of those great songwriter guys out there. And the widow said, oh, yes, you go for it. Go for it, Eric. But at any rate, and the story continues with uh, KJP says, oh, oh, 
Irresponsible to ask if it was the Bidens. Cocaine. Gosh, that's irresponsible. Because the Bidens weren't even in the White House. They weren't even there. They weren't in the White House when the bag of white powder was found. So, oh, okay. Very irresponsible to ask that question when Hunter Biden is known to be a crack addict. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't even, you know, hey, you know, Hunter Biden, son, crack addict, shouldn't even dare to be so irresponsible as to wonder if it could be a Biden family member's bag of cocaine. And uh, anyway, she said they weren't even there. And then Fox News somehow got some sort of a document, set of documents that says, no, 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 the Bidens, both both Joe and Hunter, the father and son duo, the father and son bribery extortionist duo, working their wonders around the world to fill their bank accounts with the green stuff. Yeah, they were they were there. They did not leave the White House till 6.34 p.m. on that Sunday in question. So the bag was found before they had departed. Uh-oh, little lie there, but, you know, by the way, uh, should we listen to, should we listen to, let's get the right clicker here. Do I have it? It's not, it's not moving. Let, let's hear, let's hear one. Biden, Joe Biden, 1989 said that, hey, we need to hold every drug offender accountable. Yeah, In line with what the president is calling for, we have to hold every drug user accountable. Because if there were no, uh, no drug users, there would be no appetite for drugs and there would be no market for them. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's Joe Biden, 1989. Got to hold every drug user accountable. What changed, Joe? Could we hear that again? Just just so we make sure that really we heard that 1989. Let's hit that. In line with what the president is calling for, we have to hold every drug user accountable. Because if there were no uh, no drug users, there would be no appetite for drugs and there'd be no market for them. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Joe Biden? You still want to hold every drug user accountable? Or did, did that somehow opinion change along the way or maybe in 1989 you really didn't hold that opinion you were just saying that without really meaning it or maybe you were kind of lying back in 1989 i guess these are just the things i wonder i just sit around wondering this stuff you know but just so you hear kjp say how irresponsible it is to wonder if the cocaine hydrochloride, was a member, belonged to a member of the Biden family. Let's hear it. Let's hear that one. Can we hit the second one? Yes, let's I'm hear it. I'm just asking again, can we just say once and for all whether or not the cocaine belonged to the Biden family? So, <laughs> a couple of things there. Um, he mentioned the Hatch Act because the question was posed to him in the Donald, in using Donald Trump, and so he was trying to be very mindful. Uh, okay, I, I hear you, but you're asking me a question, so I'm answering it for you. Um, and so that's why he said the Hatch Act, so I would, I would, you know, 
have you read the transcript and read the transcript fully so you can see exactly what he was trying to say. So that's number one. So we're not avoiding the question. That is not true. We've answered this question. Oh, you litigated have. litigated this question for the last two days. Must have been hard. Um, you know, there has been some irresponsible reporting uh, about the family. And, uh, and so I got to call that out here. And I have been very clear. I was clear uh, two days ago when talking about this over and over again as I was being asked a question. As you know, and media outlets reported this, the Biden family was not here. They were not here. They were at Camp David. They were not here Friday. Not true. They were not here Saturday. They were not here Sunday. Not true. They were not even here Monday. They came back on Tuesday. So to ask that question is actually incredibly irresponsible. And and, um, I'll just leave it there. It's actually incredibly dishonest for KJP to say that the Bidens were not there. But, yeah, so that's where they're trying to go. Oh, it's spin city, spin cycle, spin city. And Politico reports, after having interviewed an anonymous law enforcement official, that it is unlikely the perpetrator will ever be found. It's unlikely. They're just stumped. Law enforcement is stumped. This is too too hard for them to get to the bottom. They, they can't figure this one out. Yep. And, uh, yep, illegal. Yep. Some drugs not illegal, but this drug is illegal. But as we know, if you're on the left, if you're on the left, you can do whatever you want. Essentially, that is illegal. And, you know, oh, you'll just, it's unlikely to be found whose bag that was. You see the double standard, yeah. And uh, White House... Especially the situation. How many cameras are in the White House, ladies? How many cameras everywhere pointing at every conceivable angle in the most secure building in the world? Want to turn on the cameras, review the tape, review the footage? No, apparently that is something that they're not particularly interested in doing. Because, yeah, because you know why. You know the deal here. And so we just, you know, we thought we would deconstruct this a little bit for you. And, you know, it just, of course, it fits with what we all know about how law enforcement works in this country. Republicans, Trump, they have to make up stuff about him. And then they sick law enforcement after him, arrest him, indict him for stuff they make up about him from the corrupt DOJ, FBI, intelligence services they have to make it up but then when they actually have real stuff bribery extortion (laughs) cocaine on the biden's oh well you know that's yeah that's we'll never get to the bottom of that stuff it's that's we'll never figure that stuff out says anonymous law enforcement officials and by the way somebody at the press conference said uh you know, what would stop somebody from bringing a bag of anthrax into the White House? Oh, yeah. Dan Bongino, former Secret Service agent, says he uh, is thoroughly convinced it was a Biden family member who had the cocaine. Because apparently they're not searched as thoroughly as other people who come into the White House situation room even. And Hunter does live in the White House, apparently. He needs somewhere to live, right? Well, anyway... That's a good one. Thank you, Eric Clapton, for that. And why don't we say hello to Bill before we sign off on the break? And Bill in Denver, thank you for checking in. Glad you're here, sir. 
Well, good afternoon. I saw the Ben and Jerry July 4th holiday announcement saying that uh, America is a terrible country. We've stolen the lands from the um, indigenous people. It needs to be returned. So I went to my news source, the Babylon Bee, and they have reported <laughs> that Ben and Jerry will now give a free quart of Chunky Monkey ice cream to anyone who brings in a white man's scalp. Is that what the Babylon Bee said? <laughs> yes, my, yeah. my reliable news source. Said. Yeah, and that's more reliable than ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC. Go down the list. Babylon Bee, a lot more reliable. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's why back in the pre-Elon days, that Babylon Bee was banned from Twitter. They were censored. They were too effective with their satire. But uh, I don't know. Shouldn't Ben and Jerry? I've, I've seen that Unilever is the big corporation that bought out Ben and Jerry some years ago. They, apparently, their market cap, according to John Nolte at Breitbart, has dropped by one point eight billion since uh, July fourth. That's kind of interesting. Hmm. People might be boycotting Ben and Jerry over this, kind of like a Bud Light kind of situation or a Target situation. I don't know, Bill. Uh, are you a big fan of Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Well, same as you, I had it a couple of times with grandkids on the East Coast, but th- that was by accident and won't, will not do it again. I bet you feel kind of bad about it, right? You feel kind of bad that you were there, right? I mean, I know I, I kind of do, that I've tried it before. Well, yeah. I got over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it gets harder to get over it when you see stuff like this, but, but we know the score. But uh, right on, Bill. Thank you for the anecdote about Ben and Jerry. And, yeah, Babylon B, pretty priceless uh, publication there now back on Twitter. I'm a little disappointed in Elon. He's not doing as good of a job as he should be on Twitter. But yet the Babylon B at least is back, and there's less rampant people getting excommunicated, or as they say in the John Wick movie, excommunicado from Twitter. <laughs> but anyway, Bill, thank you, sir. And it's Matt Don. I am in for Randy Corcoran this evening. And let's take a little break and be right back. Oh, yeah. We got to hear this solo. Keep it going. This is Red Volker doing a little tribute song to Johnny Cash. Luther played the boogie. And by the way, there's one more solo coming up. We got to keep that, don't you think? What do you think, Blake? Let's hear it. We'll play that behind us as we joke around a little bit more. Matt Don in for Randy Corcoran. We've had Donald Trump was in Iowa, and he was hanging out at a Dairy Queen, handing out blizzards. He was like, what the hell is a blizzard? Everybody wants a blizzard. What the hell is a blizzard? <laughs> and I was just kind of thinking, oh, you know, he's there in his suit and his power tie. Oh, here we go. Here's the next solo. I'd have to get some volume there. Whoever this guy is, he can play the guitar. Red Volkert. So Trump's hanging out at Dairy Queen. And isn't that maybe a little subtle jab at Ben and Jerry? I hadn't thought of that until just now. Maybe it's, hey, Dairy Queen is where you go. You don't go to Ben and Jerry's. Peace, love, and ice cream. And all the hypocrisy you can put into one cone at a time. (laughs) Give back the stolen land.
You're sitting on stolen land, Ben. Jerry, what's your next move? Over to you, Ben. Over to you, Jerry. What are you going to do? What's Unilever, the big corporate owner, going to do? We shall see. Apparently, they've they've uh, lost some money on this deal, according to Breitbart. But let's start saying some hellos again. And how about Jay in Douglas County? Thanks for checking in. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Well, I am happen to be driving through Arapahoe County, and I think you probably in Arapahoe County, so we're on stolen land from Arapahoe Indians, right? Most likely. But in all fairness, the Arapaho Indians might have stolen it from somebody else, some other tribe. So you can start accusing different groups of stealing and stealing and stealing, and then where do you draw the line? You know what I mean? I think Ben and Jerry might have to start making that point at some point unless they want to have to hike out of their headquarters. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I wanted to ask you about this uh, Biden crime situation. It seems like we should be able to find, I know Merrick Garland is their handyman, and the FBI seems to be just gone, at least this hierarchy. You're talking about the the cocaine situation or the bribery situation or the Hunter laptop situation? There's so many Biden crime scenes, you know, it's... Which one were you having at the forefront of your mind, Jay? On well, the worst, the worst one I think is the tremendous amount of money from China and, and Ukraine, and Joe holding a billion dollars so that his son could keep a eighty-five thousand dollar a year job. And, yeah, he was you know, meddling and things. got got that prosecutor in Ukraine fired before they got the billion, <laughs> and then out of China read that extortion note last week that Hunter had sent, I guess that's two weeks ago now, saying that, hey, I'm sitting here right next to my dad, and uh, you need to fulfill your commitment. Ten days later, two checks for $5.1 million show up in the mail from the communist business partners in China. Hmm. Paperflake, extortion, treason. How do we get them? I mean, do we have to have an international tribunal come in and... Get a bunch of dignitaries from other. You know, see, our allies are all affected by this, uh, just like we did with the Hague in uh, World War II. Uh, you know, after Germany fell, has to be a way to get them by the nap of the neck and put them in prison. Yeah, you would think so, but but who's going to do it? I mean, who's going to do it? Is the is the DOJ going to do it? The DOJ, headed up by Lavrenti Beria, <laughs> Merrick. Merrick Garland, uh, you know, is to Biden what Lavrenti Beria was to Joseph Stalin. Uh, Garland's busy arresting Trump, Jay. He's he's too busy arresting Trump. You know, he doesn't have time to look into the criminal that is employing him as the head of the DOJ. So uh, I just I just I, none of this nothing's going to happen. But, the, you know, like I said, I think the deep state wants Biden not to run in 24 and they're going to squeeze him and squeeze him and squeeze him a bit and let stuff sort of happen to him. Or suddenly the Senate gets this information. Suddenly Chuck Grassley gets this letter from Hunter, about Hunter Biden to the Chicom. You know, you, you see this stuff suddenly appears. And so they, they knew all this stuff in 2020. They knew all this stuff in 2010. Go back how long with the Biden crime syndicate, right? But now I think well, they Biden. want him out. He's been gathering documents since he was a senator, and yep, he has them everywhere. Trump has all of it behind Secret Service guard at Mar-a-Lago, and 
I don't know that anything was really serious there, and it certainly was not intentional. He's a patriot. He's for country, not against. That's all made-up stuff. The Presidential Records Act is very clear about all of that, which is why Bill Clinton didn't have trouble with his uh, hundreds of hours of tapes in his sock drawer, the Presidential Records Act, but yet the DOJ corrupt to the max, and you do have some... Weenie Republicans out there who are saying, oh, Trump really messed up this time. Trump was being reckless this time. <laughs> and it just makes Somebody me laugh. Pop. Come on. Somebody needs to pop Chris Christie like they did that balloon from China. Chris you know, Christie, yeah. He's, what a I, th- I think he he's uh, almost up to 1% in the polling, Chris Christie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's I, uh, uh, pretty good for him, Chris Christie. You know, I think... A- but by the, the only thing reckless is Hunter Biden arresting his political opponent, just like they're doing in Venezuela. I mean, it's like Venezuela. The individual who is the uh, number one opposition candidate running against, uh, oh, I think her name is Machado, running against Maduro. I've got the article here somewhere. And they, they've banned her. The dictator of Venezuela has banned his number one political opponent from running for office in Venezuela. <laughs> And I was like, hey, that's what we're doing here, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to, bananas are going to start, you know, growing here because we're going to be a banana, you know? Oh, yeah. Who do you think would be a good VP for Trump, though, when seriously would, uh, who do you think would be? You know, I, I tell you, last year around this time, I would have thought DeSantis. Frankly, I, I thought DeSantis was pretty cool and I had sort of believed the stuff, but now... Oh, man, he is so bad. And I've been detailing why over these past, what, two months of programs. The podcasts are out there if people want some of the gory details. But, um, golly, I don't know. I don't don't think Vivek Ramaswamy quite would have the broad enough appeal, though I like his message a great deal. Some people are saying RFK would be a good VP. (laughs) RFK Jr. No, no. I love it that RFK Jr. is out giving the Democrat establishment major fits. They're having a hard... They're losing control, the establishment, unloved establishment of this country. But I don't know. Do you have anybody in mind? Um, well, I you know, I, I don't know that his experience is such that, of course, Vice President, it's a pretty cush job until something changes. But right. Tim Scott would be a pleasure. I like what he says to Tim say. Scott? I think so, and I think the governor of South Dakota is phenomenal. Christy Nome. Two oh, caveats gosh. there. Christy Nome is um, very supported by uh, the Koch brother money, which are globalist open oh. borders people, unfortunately. But maybe, I don't know, maybe she has potential. And uh, Tim Scott, unfortunately, extremely close with Mitch McConnell. And and oh. Tim Scott was a big supporter of uh, who was that horrible rhino senator, senator in Alaska? Forgot her name. Oh, yeah. right, and he right, was like promoting yeah. her victory over Sarah Palin. Or something or yeah. yeah. Oh. So I don't know. But this is going to be a topic of discussion as Trump keeps pulling away ever further in the lead. And uh, I think they're going to have a hard time touching him as uh, the numbers keep going up for him. You know, they indict him and his numbers go up. <laughs> People get to know DeSantis. DeSantis goes down. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> he raises ten million bucks. I get a. You know what's funny is uh, Trump is uh, 
he's like a Superman. He goes to grow up watching, you know, unless there's kryptonite around. Everything they do just makes him stronger. And, you know, I have to tell you, I didn't think he was much of anything when it first started when 17 people were going for the primaries. Right. Uh, but I, he, he endured. And think about it. He has been, you know, he's been beat up like Rocky was beat up like Apollo Creed. And they just been punching him for how many years. And he just keeps coming back and smiling. And he, he wants the right thing. And They have hit you know, him below the that. belt. His family members, his friends below the belt, every single moment of every single day since he came down the escalator in 2015, and the guy just keeps on trucking. It is Trump versus the corrupt political establishment, Trump versus the deep state that has been unelectedly, illicitly running this country for longer than any of us would care to know. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this that's the stakes for 2024. This is the last great battle, Trump versus the unelectable, unelected, unaccountable deep state. And man, it's America first versus America last. And boy, I'm very clear about where I stand. I have picked a side, and I advise everybody to pick a side and get right to the point. I mean, if, you, if you're on the side of tyranny and Stalinism and the rest of that, well, go for the Democrat. But if you're on the side of freedom, the Constitution, America first, loving this country, Constitution... It's pretty simple to me. <laughs> Jay, it, thank you for checking it, in. I have sure enjoyed chatting with you and stay close with us around here. It's Matt Dunn. I'm in for Randy Corcoran on the Randy Corcoran program, 303-696-1971. Check on in.